Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our trifecta fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes specializing in metal parts machining and fabrication since 1960 girding enterprises specializing in metal parts machining and fabrication since 1960 girding enterprises has excelled in the machining process a truly American company, Girding Enterprises has gone from one-man shop in a basement to a world-class machine shop with over 20 employees. We strive to uphold the highest level of quality while constantly improving our efficiency level in order to offer the most affordable prices to our customers. Visit us online at girdingent.com or give us a call at 636-274-9802. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fitnation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness. Stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to our Thursday night after dinner live show coming at you on About Face Radio and all our social media accounts. We're glad you're here with us. Our next guest is a husband, father, Christian conservative, host of the Derate the Hate podcast. He's a man who has, over the course of his life, made more than his share of mistakes, like us all. But most importantly, he's owned up to them and learned from them. He grew up poor, mostly in rural towns around the upper Midwest. He's been working since the age of 10 so that he might have the things that his parents could not or for good reason would not provide for him. For all their faults, his parents provided what was needed, which were love and great values. So without further ado, let's welcome Wilk Wilkinson 
to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Will. Hello, Rich. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm grateful for it. It's awesome that we're able to connect like we did and get you on here. Uh, your story is inspiring. Uh, I love the I love the name of your show and everything you're doing. So if you don't mind, tell us a little more about you from as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we are now. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So, yeah, so my story is, I don't think it's probably unlike a, a lot of people in the United States' story, right? We grew up in the Midwest, grew up poor, working class parents. And, uh, you know, back in the late 70s and the early 80s, things were were definitely different uh, for, for a lot of folks than they are now. Uh, the quality of living wasn't uh, nearly as good for a lot of folks. And and my parents were, uh, you know, very, they're, they're very hardworking, working class, but just didn't have a lot of money. So, and uh, so we didn't have a lot of the stuff that other people had. So I started working very young, had two paper routes and a, and a, uh, a job in the afternoons cleaning the lint filters at a dry cleaning business and, and uh, started buying my own stuff at about 10 years old. So um, that along with other things made me a little angry and a little resentful as I got older. And I had to work through that because uh, I learned a lot of lessons from it, but uh, didn't understand those lessons until I became much older. <laughs> of course. And you probably uh, like most of us <laughs> when uh those lessons were being taught to us as a, a young person. We don't understand those are lessons. We th uh, think of them as something else at that time. It's not a lesson. It's a punishment or it's, or it's X, Y, or Z until we can close our eyes and look back from our adulthood to our childhood and say, now I understand why that was happening or, or now I appreciate the hard work that my parents did or I understand what mom and dad were saying to me at that time. And now I understand what it meant and why I, why I was working to get where I am. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, uh, when they're in that, you know, when we're young, we, we don't see the forest for the trees, right? We right. we don't realize the importance of so much of, of what we're going through. And, you know, for me, Rich, it was it was a lot of just being miserable and angry and saying, you know, why am I being put through this? What is happening to me? And, uh, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I was much older, looking back, reflecting on those things that, that I realized, you know what, these things that these things are the things that actually made me who I am, made me as strong as as strong as I am, provided the lessons that I needed to be the person that I am. And uh, one thing that that was so important was, uh, you know, if I could go back and tell myself then this is all temporary, this is all temporary and take every bit as much, you know, every bit of it that, that you can take and learn as much of it that you can learn. And uh, it'll come back into play later. And it's going to be important. Exactly. Uh, I, I wrote in my book about the lessons that I learned from my mom and dad that I didn't understand they were giving me lessons. And I didn't appreciate them as lessons as a youth, as a child. And same same time frame, I was a 70s kid as well, 70s and 80s, and running the streets in Jersey and just doing things I thought were cool, staying outside until the lights came on, because that's what you did. And then you came home or the whistle blew and then you came home the hard way. And, uh, but those lessons didn't resonate to me until I had a, a child of my own or until I realized I had a, had more responsibilities than just me. And I had to think of more of the we instead of the me thing to get things through life. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, it was, I, I, I let a lot of those things 
stand in the way of of maybe having a kid or having a good relationship or or doing those things. So I, I didn't even have um, didn't even have my first child until I was in my forties. Uh, you know, my wife and I. So um, I uh, I let I let a lot of that uh, let a lot of those things escape me, and I, I just tried to stay young and irresponsible for as long as humanly possible and uh but uh some of it intentionally some of it not so intentionally but for good reason it all happened for the right right uh, for the right reason it definitely does i like that you say like stay young as long as humanly possible and that that's what when i retired from the army i was asked by the general at my retirement ceremony what are you gonna do now i said well i guess i gotta get a grown-up job i've been doing a kid's job for 22 years i played soldier for 22 years and he just looked at me and laughed. He said, you know, this was a real job. I said, I know, but it was something I wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be in the Army, and I played Army for 22 years. Now I have to be responsible and have a job. Right. Yeah. No, I, and, and mine was, you know, just to be completely honest with everybody, mine was running the bars, chasing women, doing, you know, drinking as much beer as I could drink and stay out of jail. And, and uh, yeah, it was uh, – and then all the other – things that come along with that. So, so yeah, it was, it was one of those things for me where, um, whether it was my immaturity or my anger and resentment, I wasn't going to grow up until it was absolutely necessary. <laughs> until you had to press the, the, the pause button and be a grown up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That's right. I actually love the world a lot better now than I did then. So I, I will tell people I wouldn't choose that path. That's why I try to help people now using the lessons that I've taken out of my life to maybe help people wake up to the uh, the importance of, you know, having that connection of, of being married and, and building a family and and doing those things and doing them earlier in life. Uh, because I, I don't know about you, Rich, but I'm certain after spending 22 years in the army that your body is in probably as much, if not more pain than mine is. And I will tell you that being 47 years old, going on 48 with a three-year-old daughter that is wound for sound about 14 hours a day, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably not the preferred path, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. It's, it's incredible. It hurts a lot more to pick her up now, but it, it's probably better for you. I mean, at least you have her to pick up. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So we had our we had our daughter when we were young. I, that was one of my goals. I wanted to be able to run around with her and, and not be totally broken. So I retired. Well, she graduated high school. I retired within the same month. So it all worked nice. out perfectly. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. What year did uh, What year did you retire then? Uh, two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Nice. That's uh, that's good. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got friends. I I was in the Navy for a short period of time and. That uh, it didn't work out for my knees and whatnot. So, <laughs> so uh, but I've, I've got friends that stayed in the, the for the full ride, and and uh, yeah, never been more proud of of anybody than than just those that are willing to spend, you know, that amount of time, you know, serving our country and 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 serving all their brothers and sisters in arms. That's incredible. It, it was a calling for me, and I think uh, it was something. My life's journey. My life's dream was to be a soldier, and I, I I lived out my dream. That part of my chapter is over. Now my chapter, this chapter, is to help others, serve others, kind of like what you do with the the Rate to Hate podcast. That you try to bring. 
I guess, bridge that divide that we have, right, especially right now in our country, in the world, really, uh, the divide of hate between people just listening to talking heads and not understanding that we're both looking for the same thing. We're looking for a nice, peaceful life and success for everybody. And how does how does that help you as you, on this journey, this part of your life now, as you made that into your 40s, your three-year-old, three-year-old daughter, and how you're broken, a little bit beat up, and uh, but now you've made that decision to say, I'm doing things, living life with purpose on purpose now. Yeah, and that that is a, it's it's an incredible purpose, and I'll, I'll tell you why, Rich, because the the country that we live in is, you know, as it is to to so many people, not just us veterans, but but so many people absolutely love this country, and. You know, they love their country, they love their family, they love their community, they love this, you know, whatever it is. But then they turn on the news and they see all the ugliness or they listen to their local politicians or, or more more specifically, their, their federal politicians, their, their, you know, and, and they hear all this fear, outrage and grievance all the time. And then all of a sudden they lose sight of all those beautiful things that they love, their, their family, their community, their their jobs, the things that they have going on right in front of their face. And that fear, outrage, and grievance starts to build this wall of negativity between them and the reality of what's right in front of them. And so many people have allowed that, you know, those, those grievance grifters and those, those outrage entrepreneurs, they've allowed those people to stand in the way of their own happiness you know so when when i you know when i'm on the derate the hate podcast or doing work with uh with braver angels which is a it's an incredible organization that that i do a lot of volunteer work with we're all about bridging that divide you know because like you said rich so many people they really want the same thing you know, they want food in their belly. They want a warm bed to sleep in at night. They want a good job so they can provide for their family. They want to raise their kids in a country that they can be proud of. And whether you're on the right, the left, somewhere in between, or not affiliated with politics in any way, shape, or form, those are really common things that most of us want. And when you pay attention to the the anger and the, and the, the just the distrust and and like I said, that fog out there, the fear, the fear, outrage, and grievance, if that's what you're paying attention to, that's what your brain is going to continue to seek out. So I try with the D-Rate the 8 podcast to do as much as I can to help people see the good in this world, help people find people that are bettering this world. And it's really just about bettering the world one attitude at a time because it starts with us. Exactly. It starts right there in the mirror. When you wake up in the morning, you start stacking your victories and you look in that mirror. If you look in that mirror and you say, I'm going to be a miserable person today, it's going to be a miserable day. You look in that mirror and say, I'm going to kick today's butt. You're going to win that day and it's going to be a great day for you and those around you because your aura will also spread out around you. No, that's absolutely right. As, you, uh, as you've started this path with that, have you met anyone that really pushed back against it or – have you just met most people that say, hey, man, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking. I think we all need to do this. Yeah, I, I don't think I've actually met anybody that pushes back against the idea of trying to better the world. But the thing is, is is just like a, a conversation that I, 
uh, I re recently had with a gentleman named Dan Stone. He's going to be on the podcast in, in a few weeks. People often don't realize or, or they just don't understand how negative they actually are. And, and they start to kind of get this, this, um, this this misinterpretation of the people that that they're maybe speaking out against or, or speaking uh, about and it's really going to be a fascinating conversation because often you know we we think and we we begin to believe we're right and those on the other side couldn't possibly believe what they're saying so so you know when when I talk to people and I'm having a conversation and, and they're like they're fully entrenched in their side of an argument or, or what their political beliefs, you know, what theirs are. They're like, yeah, I hate all this toxicity and I hate, you know, I hate all this. And but it's them. It's them that's always doing this. You know, and I think that's pretty common. Right. I mean, we see it everywhere and now we're seeing it on both sides of the political spectrum more than we probably ever have in any of our lifetimes rich where where people are just like literally fully entrenched and, and they've now taken their political beliefs and made that part of their core identity so when they're talking about what they believe they're like oh yeah well, i'm you know i'm on the moral high ground here i i've i've got this all figured out I'm right. I'm not the toxic one. They are. And it's always they and them. And, and so it's not that people have really pushed back a, against my mission. I think they just don't realize how important it is, like you said, to look in the mirror, right? You know, st start stacking your own victories and figure out what your downfalls are, because I can promise you, None of us are perfect, and none of us are right all the time. So it, it's really, it, it, it starts to take a, a different turn when you start looking in the mirror and realizing, maybe I need to think about that a different way. Maybe that person isn't evil. Maybe they're wrong, but they're not evil. So pushback, no. Sometimes just a little naivete, I think. Definitely is. Uh, and, I, I mean, we're all guilty of it at some point or other in our lives that uh... – my 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 thoughts are better than your thoughts, and where uh, my idea is way better than your idea. I can go back to about 2012, and in, in the mountains of uh, Afghanistan, it was me and another NCO were butting heads over how to provide security on on our outpost. Was his way was better for him, my way was better for me and my team. But we wouldn't talk to each other. We would yell at each other. We were causing hate amongst our two teams that didn't need to be there. Right. And it took a, an outside, uh, a sergeant major came in and said, you know what, you two need to just sit and have a Coke. I said, yeah. I don't want to sit with this guy and I don't want a Coke, it's too hot. He said, sit down and have something, you sit down and drink something together and exactly do that and understand what you want to do. And then you'll understand that you both want the same thing and it'll all work out. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. We, we sat down, we had, I think we just drank some tea in the defect, the little defect hut. And we talked it out, and that's all it took. Instead of just berating each other all day long, we just sat there and talked, and we wound up just doing what we had to do. Right, and and that's that's what happens, you know, way too often. Rich is is people allow their emotions to get the best of them, and 
one of the things that I talk about all the time and I, and I try to instill in people in, in, in every situation that I can is when you allow your emotions to dictate your actions, bad things tend to happen. You know, when two people in an argument or two people in a conversation start to get heated and they start to allow their emotions to get the best of them, what often happens is, is they lose sight of the real, you know, where were we trying to go with this in the first place? Exactly. They start talking past each other. And, and it's amazing how often people completely lose sight of what were we trying to do in the first place? Now we're focusing more on how to do it than what, you know, how to get there than where we want to go. And, and like you said, we probably are trying to get to the same place and we, we lose sight of the fact that maybe I've got great intentions and you've got great intentions. We just have different ideas on how to get there. And, and it just turns into this shouting match. And, you know, whenever you start to yell, yelling, in, in my opinion, at this point in my life and take it from somebody who's done more than my share of yelling, yelling is loss of control. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Rich, but I'm fairly certain just from what I know about you, you don't like to be out of control of you. You probably don't like to be out of control of much. I don't like to be out of control of much. And I know when I start yelling, I've lost control of me. And there's nothing that makes me feel worse at this point in my life than losing control of me. Right. And uh, like you said, when when you were on your, your road out there drinking and all that stuff, that was probably a time when you could lose control pretty easily. And now you can look back and say, I should have done this differently. And But in your in the, your chapter you're in now, you understand that you in control controls the situation, actually. If your calmer minds always prevail, if if man A is yelling and screaming at man B and man B just keeps his cool, man B is going to walk away a happy man because he he still he listened to that person go nuts, listened to hear him and then said, thank you, walked away or have a nice day. God bless you and do what you have to do. And you can still live to fight another day if you just keep your cool. No, that's absolutely right. I, I mean, it, it's you know, I, I can think of I can think of so many situations over the course of my life where. You know, I, I start to second guess myself and think, what if I'd done that different? Or what if I'd done this different? Or what if I'd done that different? But ultimately, the best thing that we can do for ourselves and those people around us, especially the people that we love, is just be in control of, of ourselves, be in control of the moment. Because personal accountability is ultimately the, you know, when it comes right down to it, that's really, in many cases, the last thing that we've got. There are so many things that are outside of our control, and, and it's really a matter of how we react to them that makes the difference. You know, like you were talking about, man A is yelling at man B, and man B is yelling at man A. You know, I cannot control, Rich, what you are going to do or what you are going to say. I can only control how, how I'm going to react to it. And that's, that's really the case in, in so many things in our world. So many things in our world, in our personal life, in our in our in in our jobs, in in school, we don't have the ability to control so much. So many things in this world are out of our control, especially other people. We can only control how we react to them. So when I think at the end of the day, when I'm going to bed at night and I think, did I do everything right today? No, I didn't do everything right today. But what I did do is I stayed in control of myself in spite of all the things 
that were outside of my control. Now I can look back on that day with honor, figure out the mistakes that I made, learn from them without having to beat myself to death over them and, and go to, you know, <laughs> go to bed, you know, with a clean heart, a clean mind and, uh, and wake up the next day ready to do it again. Definitely. And uh, I think if we all adapt to that, we won't buy into the things we were talking about earlier with, with the two sides of the fence trying to tell you what to do or the political grandstanding that goes on uh, trying to elicit a response from somebody. And if you don't give them that response, you win ultimately by not giving them the response. And they, they are looking, they look always look for that person to re respond to do something evil to make them look better. And if you don't give them that, you're the winner at that point. You gave that accountability, that uh, calm, cool collectiveness, and you had that personal accountability at that time. And uh, speaking of which, how much do we place on personal accountability as things go forward in our world now? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it. you know, one of the things that, uh, well, just like you just said, Rich, you know, the I don't I don't care if it's the politicians uh, out there, you know, and I don't mean there's don't get me wrong. There's there's probably a few good politicians out there, but they're not the ones that get in front of the microphone every right. day. Right. <laughs> and they're not the ones that are are, are blowing up the Twitter feeds and the Facebook feeds and, and putting out the reels of just this this bombastic, venomous, you know, vitriol stuff stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're, they're not the ones that are doing that. They're, they're the ones that are back in the shadows with their nose to the grindstone, actually looking to, to make results. The ones that I'm talking about, and, and the, the news networks as well, and there's not a news network out there uh, right now, I don't believe, that's that's not guilty of this. But the ones that I'm talking about are, are the ones that are truly trying to elicit that response, the ones that are out there pushing the fear, trying to keep us afraid, pushing the outrage trying to elicit some kind of deep down grievance that you had for whatever, you know, those are the ones that are really, you know, kind of turn a guy's stomach. And at least it does for me, because those are the ones that, that, I mean, you, you watch, you watch a, a Twitter feed for a day, just go ahead and, and start, start picking out the, the top 10 names of politicians, you know, in Congress or maybe the White House or whatever, you know, and just put them, follow them on Twitter and, and look at their feed for a day. It's not that they're out there, you know, given some beautiful, you know, uh, beautiful coach-like speech saying, we got this. We're going to make the world better. We're going to do this. No, they're, they're, they're spreading hate. That's what they do. They're eliciting fear. You know, they're, they're, you know, look at what happened to our country over the last three years. You know, it was all about fear. You know, you got to be scared. You got to stay in your house. You got to wear a mask. You got to stay six feet away from everybody. You can't go to work. You can't open up your business. You can't eat inside. You can't do these things. It's all about fear. We got to people get people fear because fear is a mechanism for control. You know, and, and, you know, or, or outrage. How often do you see the, people in the news media that are, are really pushing to get people mad. You know, it's either about fear or it's about anger or it's about eliciting, eliciting some grievance that you had for, you know, <laughs> whether you're in some protected class or, or, 
you know, you're you're a man, you're a woman, you're, you know, somewhere in between, if that's what you believe, whatever, you know, they figure out a way to elicit some kind of grievance to try and get you in a box. You know, I call them grievance grifters for a reason. If, as soon as they can hook you onto that grievance and put you in that box, they're going to be able to use it. <clears throat> Definitely in the... Uh, you you put you brought some great points up there. Those who are spotlighting, that's the ones I call them the Twitter and the Instagrammers. They're just spotlighting to try to get that next vote and then, and I guess uh, play to their base. They play to their base, and but they're not really doing anything for the greater good of our country. They're doing things for the greater good of them. Uh, they look right. in the morning, they wake up in the morning and say, "How can I get more votes today? How can I keep yep. the votes I had and do that?" And that's not what we need. And when, the, when you start to, to go down that, that path about fear, I thought about when you started your podcast in uh, April of 2020. And I was thinking about the biggest fear they had was that we're all going to run out of toilet paper. Right. I, I still don't understand why that was a problem. Even after this many years, I don't, I don't know why that was the biggest issue was toilet paper. But everyone bought up all the toilet paper and it was like white gold for everybody. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I still keep an extra bail in my basement. See? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But you didn't buy out Costco or Sam's to make sure you had no. it, right? <laughs> no, no, just had an emergency emergency stash. I still don't understand why that was the biggest thing, and and I have no that's idea. the first thing I thought of. So I thought maybe I was oh, this disease. Maybe if I cough, I'm gonna crap my pants or something. So this must be what's going on with this thing. I had no idea. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you grab the, both arms of the chair. <laughs> and pray as you're doing it please god don't, right? let, me, don't let me cough too bad today <laughs> oh that's right yeah I, I still i still don't get that but uh yeah it, it's amazing what human be you know just just thinking about human behavior right and, and and how easy it is now for you know with, with the 24-hour news cycle and the and the social media and 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 half you know just just so much of this stuff is just you know Somebody could instill fear in a whole continent in minutes now. And and that's one of the reasons why I talk about, you know, I, I say toxicity can make it halfway around the world before civility will get its first like and share. Yeah, it's 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 so unfortunate that, that that is the stuff that goes viral, right? And and all of a sudden somebody starts talking about a pandemic. Instantly people are like, pandemic? Oh no, I need toilet paper. So literally within hours, the planet is just overrun. Every retailer on the planet is overrun with people. You know, it's kind of like when I lived in Florida. I, I lived in Florida for 13 years, Rich. And and uh, and, and every time, uh, you know, every time they'd start talking about a hurricane, I mean, the, the grocery store shelves are just completely wiped out. Nobody wants to leave anything for anybody else. All logic goes out the window. It's just they're wiping out the 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 the, the grocery store shelves, all the bread, all the milk, all the bottled water, exactly. all the generator, gone, <laughs> boom, it's done in an hour. And <laughs> you have to have the milk sandwiches for every storm. And the same thing happens here in Tennessee if if there's a call for a winter storm, because you know we're not a big winter state. If there's sure. a call for a winter storm, all the bread's gone, all the milk's gone. And, I just want to know what kind of sandwiches they're making with that. Cause it's, that's a weird sandwich combination, milk and bread. They don't get any cold cuts. They don't get any cheese. It's milk and bread's gone immediately. Right. Yeah. No, it's unfortunate, but yeah, it's just the world in which we live now. I mean, it's like I said, if they can elicit that response, 
it's it's all about clicks and ratings and 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 uh, it's pretty wild. Keep people scared. It keeps them tuned in. But like guys like yourself or or even your show or my show, putting out good information and trying to help people. In order for us to do that, we'd have to have some kind of model come on and show something that we don't need to be showing to get likes and clicks. Otherwise, we're just two dudes talking on our, our shows. Yeah, but like I said, I can go to bed with a clean mind and a clean heart at night, right? I mean, and you can too. It's it's. I love the fact that, you know, and I'm sure that you're the same way. You know, it would be nice to have that huge social media following or, or you know, have people flooding uh, you know, flooding every post that I, I do with clicks and shares and stuff like that. But but what I really like is, you know, when I get one of those emails that says, you know, you, you said something today or your guest said something today that really made a difference in my life. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way. And, and now after hearing that, I'm going to start doing something in my life a little bit different. Right. I go back to my my. Uh, my mission statement, bettering the world one attitude at a time. It starts with you and I, personal accountability, right? And so, you know, I, I would love the viral tweets and the and the and the the likes and the shares that that just, you know, when people look at it, they're like, whoa man. But uh, you know what? It really if I can uh, if I can help somebody better their life, just one person today, you know, showing them that it's not about the toxicity. The toxicity isn't going to make this world a better place. It's, you know, there's, there's nothing about that that's going to make the world a better place. But when people start to realize that the only good thing is about a bad attitude is we as individuals have the ability to change it. And they, they really take that to heart and, and, and they, they think about it. And then tomorrow morning they go to work and they got a smile on their face and they, uh, that's, you know, that's what makes the difference. It definitely does. Like I said, uh, in our pre-show, I said, for us, it's reach one, teach one. Like, yeah. Exactly what you just said. If you get one person to come back, give you that thumbs up, hey, you got me last night, or you did this, your show this week uh, really got me going and pumped me up for the rest of the week. That's what it's all about. It's, it, if I get if one of my if one of my random posts go viral, it's just because someone else made it viral. It's not because of me. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things though. It's it's I, I love I love the idea of, of teaching, you know, reach one, teach one. That's a beautiful phrase. And when you can teach somebody that um yelling at, at somebody else or or getting into an argument with some keyboard warrior that you have no you know, that you don't know and, and will will likely never meet. Um when, when you realize that that does absolutely nothing positive for our country or our universe or, or any living human being, and you'll never, never even reach somebody's core with that. But when you can have a conversation with somebody that maybe disagrees with you or, or that you think, you know, I go back to the idea of, of misinterpreting what people really believe, you know, when you can have a conversation with somebody and do it in a civil way, especially with those whom you disagree, and, and and you can walk away from that conversation saying, wow, I didn't know that about that person. Or, wow, I didn't know that about me. Right. You know, when you can have those conversations, that's what makes the world a better place. It definitely does. You're spot on on that right there. And 
as many many shows have you done and I've done uh, my fair share of shows already meeting the many people we have we both uh we both met chance chancellor jackson we talked about him in the pre the pre-show too a great young man and he he could have went a totally different direction after his incident uh, overseas but he's used that to make a positive impact on everyone he talks to you know whether it's coaching or whatever he's doing he's he's very very deliberate about making the positive impact on people and i think that's the kind of people we look for when we start our show no, that's absolutely right. Yeah, Chancellor Jackson, very cool guy. And, uh, yeah, 14 days in Beijing um, was, uh, you know, just thinking about that kind of experience and how, and thinking about how bad that could have gone for him, you know. And, and when I was having my conversation with him, Rich, you know, the first thing in my mind was, you know, how did you stay on the level? You know, how, how did you... Because, you know, he'll talk about it, and, and, and for anybody who's listened to this, go back and listen to Rich's conversation with him or my conversation with him, and I'm sure you'll find out, you know, for the first several days that he was locked up in Beijing, he was in a box, for all intents and purposes, with people who did not speak the same language at all. He could not even communicate with them. Think about how frightening that is, and, and fear makes people do weird things. You know, you, you start to, you, know, you become paranoid, you become, you know, things. He didn't. He stayed on the level. He thought, he just kept on thinking in his own mind, I don't know how this is going to end, but I'm going to come out of this hole. And he kept his mind about him. He kept his wits about him. He didn't do anything stupid. And, uh, and it's just, a yeah, you're right. It's an inspiring story. It's a very cool story. And, and now the videos that he's putting out daily, I, I mean, you, you follow his, uh, instagram or or uh uh follow him anywhere on social media really and uh just super inspiring little little snips little shorts that he's putting out there and uh yeah it's impressive it definitely is and uh, you also left out that he wasn't even able to they never told him what was going on they didn't oh yeah yeah that's right yeah, he didn't even know like what. yeah. <laughs> so he was just there <laughs> yeah so he, he didn't uh, know if he was there for the rest of his life because, I mean, you're in a communist country. It could have been the rest of your life, especially being an American. That's He would have become a, a, a pawn in a chess game between two governments at that point. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I think most people, uh, most people, and rightfully so, but most people would be, you know, just, just scared out of their mind. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, it's an impressive young man for sure. And has there been anyone else that's been on your show that really inspired you like Chance? I have had the absolute honor to meet a lot of inspiring people through my podcast. You know, I, I've met uh, I've met just some some wonderful people that whether it be people who uh, are are out there trying to uh, do things like I do, you know, better that bridge that divide that that political divide. Um, you know, that's that's how I became uh, a part of Braver Angels, that organization that I was talking about, bridging the political divide. My friends, you know, Rick Hoshner, Barbara Thomas, um, Monica Guzman, who wrote the book. Uh, I never thought of it that way. She's incredibly inspiring. I just did a speaking event with her in Westport, Connecticut last week. Um, Daryl Davis was was another uh, another man who is an absolute icon in the civil rights space and, and also just a fascinating 
boogie woogie blues musician. You know, the way he plays piano is just incredible. So, um, but but he's been instrumental in taking several hundred people out of whether it be the neo-Nazi movement or the Ku Klux Klan, things like that. So, so getting the opportunity to speak with somebody like Daryl Davis is something that, you know, I'll take to my grave as one of the greatest things I've ever gotten, uh, you know, I've ever had the opportunity to do. Chris Singleton, his mother was killed in the Mother Emanuel Church uh, shooting in, um, in, uh, in Charleston uh, back a number of years ago by, by Dylan Roof, the guy that tried to start a race war. So he's you know white supremacist you know that uh, that killed Chris Singleton's mother and and having us having a conversation with him talking about forgiveness and how he was able to forgive. There's probably nothing more inspiring than to listen to a young man like that who was able to forgive his mother's killer because he knew that that's what he had to do to get past what had happened. Not not get over it, but to get past it, you know, for his life personally. Now he speaks to thousands and thousands of people every year, uh, talking about that story, talking about the importance of forgiveness, and uh, and so many more. I, I mean, and then and then talking about you know redemption for radicals. I spoke with Jeff Scoop on my podcast a couple different times. Jeff Scoop used to be the head of the the uh, uh, National Socialist Movement here in the United States, a neo-Nazi in, in his own right. He was actually pulled out of that movement by Daryl Davis, the man I mentioned earlier. So, and, and now both, you know, the, these, these people are, are, are not just people that I've spoken to, but they're people that have made a true impact on my life. I call them my friends. They're, it's, it's beautiful when you find the right people to surround yourself with instead of looking to that negativity, all that toxicity online because you know what your life is going to be what you seek and if you seek out the negativity and the toxicity your brain your reticular activating system will continue to find more hate more negativity more toxicity so why not make the conscious decision to surround yourself with good people not necessarily people you agree with all the time but good hearted people who have a good story to tell and who are in their own right trying to make the world a better place. Amen. Perfect right there. That's an outstanding way to say it. And, well, as we we talked many times on this, that we have this divide. If you can sit down with a group of, let's say, uh, I'd say teenagers right now would be the best people to talk to because they're addicted. They're on that thing all day long. They were handed it in the crib. They're handed a tablet, and they, it can't get out of their hand. It's a leash now. What kind of advice would you give them to maybe bridge that divide and, and put that thing down and maybe look at people in the eyes and talk to them? I think that's the million dollar question, Rich, is is how do we now go into this next generation or, or even the ones that I think they're the Gen Zers now, right? And and then think, well, the yeah. Gen Zers and then and then even the, the next ones after that, whatever they're called. I don't even know if they've got a label on them yet. I don't like labels, but but when we talk to them. I think it's important for them to understand personal accountability and, and, and gratitude. So when you are, if you're going to look at social media or, or spend all your time in this internet ecosystem, it is very important. It's just like any other tool, right? It's just like any other tool. We talk about 
uh, guns or, or people like me would talk about a firearm as a tool or, or I don't care if you're talking about a firearm or a skill saw or a hammer or an iPad or a, a smartphone or whatever. That tool in your hand is only as good and can only be used for what you want it to do, right? And if you seek toxicity, you will find it. Internet, that, that internet ecosystem, that the, the algorithms within social media will keep you shoveled full of the stuff that people like to shovel, right? Or maybe don't like the shovel, uh, but it's there and it needs to be shoveled. If you, just like any other tool, any tool can be used for evil. That internet ecosystem can be a fabulous thing. It can be a tool used for immense learning. But if you seek toxicity, you will find more of it than you could possibly imagine. And no matter how hard you try, it's going to affect you. And it's it's really a matter of what you want to do with it. So I would just say, get out there, speak with your neighbors, spend more time talking to people face to face than you do online, and uh, and your life will show the, the results. It's going to be a lot better place. Outstanding advice, Will. And Will, I, again, I appreciate you coming on and spending some of your evening tonight with us. Uh, tell the audience how to get in touch with you and how to link in with your show, maybe subscribe to your show, or, or even get on your show. Thank you so much for that, Rich, because, uh, yeah, we, we got to do what we can to, to spread that positive message. I can be found, uh, the, the show can be found at, at deratethehate.com. I can be found on most social media platforms. Uh, I don't have a huge social media following, but we already talked about that and why. But, uh, but the show is great. I can put out one show epi- or one episode every week. Sometimes I put out bonus episodes, deratethehate.com, wilksworld.com. If people want to get a hold of me, um, yeah, getting a hold of me is easy. And and if if somebody wanted to be on the show or they've got a great uh, they've got a great idea for a guest, I would uh, I would be happy to uh, to entertain that idea. And and I'm just all about finding people that are out there better in the world like I am. So if uh, if if you got an idea for a show or or want to talk to me about something, hit me up at, at wilk at wilksworld.com. Uh, I've got the website wilksworld.com and deratethehate.com. And, and like I said, most social media platforms, you can either find Derate the Hate, Wilkes World, or, or Wilk Wilkinson. Outstanding. Uh, Wilk, this has been a great chat. Uh, again, audience is Wilk Wilkinson, uh, host of Derate the Hate and U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, he's found his new chapter in life. He has a, a three-year-old girl that keeps him busy, keeps him, keeps his on, keeps him on his toes 14 hours a day. So the other couple hours a day, you can jump in and listen to his show and hang out with him and then subscribe to him and give him some support as well. Well, thanks again for taking some of your time tonight to hang out with the Misfit Nation. So greatly appreciated, brother. It's been an honor. I appreciate you very much and keep doing what you do to better the world, Rich. Outstanding. Thank you. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit at our website at themisfitnation.com it's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear as always, be humble stay hungry and keep hustling because we are 